Happy Sunday night. The beers are out. The smiles are on. We're still in lockdown. I'm still in lockdown. Yep, but it's all right, Tom. It's all right being in lockdown because Cristiano Ronaldo is he plays for Manchester United. Did you know that? Well, he doesn't only just play for United. He scores doubles at Old Trafford again. Bloody hell. It, you still have to pinch yourself. It doesn't feel real. Um, I, I will, obviously, we'll come into Ronaldo naturally. But I want to take a natural transition through the game. So the format, for those who are listening, obviously it is a match review. Um, Portugal did win against Newcastle United. But all jokes aside, we're, we're going to talk about the starting 11, thoughts on the 11, the highlights, the lowlights of the game. And obviously, obviously, we will be talking CR7. But before we do that, if you're happy Cristiano Ronaldo scored a double, like the video. If you liked Bruno Fernandes, absolute bomb like the video and you know if you, if you don't like the video tom's gonna shave his head tom shaves his head anyway so let's rip into some of these comments we've got rob evening lads evening rob uh, i've got elliot in the comments evening all really looking forward to this one viva ronaldo mate i've been singing viva ronaldo all day tom how many times have you watched the highlights not so much the highlights, just that seeing the mobile phone footage the social media director at man united took from the behind the goal, goal the second yeah. goal I'm, look, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. Two hundred times, three hundred times, maybe. I could say that. I, uh, do, you, do you still um, still got enough juice to make babies? Well, I'm telling you, one matter should have been on in the first half. I thought because we'll get into the first half. Well, it all sort of results in a great performance and a great result. Um, the first half had a few questions for me, but ultimately we got the job done. I was screaming for Luke Shaw to be substituted and get one matter somehow on the pitch, but um, Solskjaer proved me um, incorrect. Yeah, um, I'd be happy to see one Mata left back, electrifying pace. Evening, Emad. By the way, Emad invited me to a barbecue yesterday. I'm really upset I didn't go. Please save me some garlic sauce, Emad. George, uh, what a feeling this morning. Felt like I was eight years old again watching Ronaldo score at Old Trafford. Honestly, and I think that's what it is, the, the romantic feeling of we've watched this bloke from when he was 18. He's come back. He's a grown man. Excites you all the same. Like, seriously, what a player. Um, Elliot, again, uh, I'm struggling here. My mouse just froze. There we go. Evening, lads. What a beautiful time to be alive. Indeed it is. In lockdown, always happy. Adam, hey, boys. Hey, Adam. Anyway, Tom, let's rip in, mate. Um, I want to talk about CR7 naturally, but talk me through the starting 11. The, the team sheet came out, and there was a, a lot of deliberation and a lot of congestion around, will Ronaldo start? Will he not start? The 11 comes out. What were your initial thoughts? On paper, I think when Marcus Rashford comes back, there's a debate in regards to if he's in form, is he part of our strongest 11? And there's a debate around the transfer market, if we could buy a defensive midfielder, how they fit into the team. However, if you do look at that, you say Ronaldo is a better striker than Cavani, which he obviously is. Cavani is good, but Ronaldo is better. You do look at that team, that is our strongest team for me. There's a lot of sort of frustration that Johnny van der Beek wasn't playing, but I'm thinking, well, who's he going to play ahead of? He's not a better number six than Emmanuel Matic, and he's not going to play ahead of Paul Pogba or Bruno Fernandes in midfield. So Johnny van der Beek, why I wanted to see him play in that system, and in that formation, was rightfully on the bench. So I looked at that starting 11, and maybe there's a case with Marcus Rashford if he's banging in goals, but at the moment, that was by far, from, in my opinion, um, our strongest 11. Um, so well, I was while frustrated with seeing Donny van der Beek off the back of his recent comments and his need for game time, um, that's our strongest 11. So ultimately, um, I was extremely happy with it. Do you think so? Um, obviously, we'll have our highlights and our lowlights, but just assessing the game as a whole, I actually thought 
for much of the game and much more than we would have liked, to be honest, Newcastle were really competitive. And particularly in the midfield, like midfield is where games are won and lost, right? And I just thought between Pogba and Matic, I just didn't feel like United had control of the game. Now, is that a compliment to what Newcastle were doing? Or is that more a fact of, you know what, our midfielders weren't actually able to take control of the football match? No, we had complete control of the football match. It was just the way Newcastle took the absolute sting out of the game, not only from a footballing point of view, but from the way you look at the goalkeeper. I counted once, in terms of the six-second rule, I counted once the goalkeeper picked up the ball and held the ball for 29 seconds. He held the ball in his hand for 29 seconds. Crowd was booing and the referees, no, no, it's all right. I'm just thinking they took the sting out of the game. And when you saw sort of in terms of that midfield shape, Nemanja Matic and Paul Pogba and Bruno ahead of him, I don't scroll through Twitter. Um, I don't chat to people throughout the game, or I try not to, but I could only imagine what the reaction was online in regards to Paul Pogba. I could imagine everyone saying, why are we playing with two defensive midfielders? It's too deep. We need to push forward, etc." It wasn't a case of that. Paul Pogba was forward. It was just that he was in front of the Newcastle defenders in terms of he was this side of the defenders, not that side, because Newcastle had 10 players behind the ball. It looked like Paul Pogba was quite deep and sitting in midfield. Well, that wasn't the case. Bruno was almost sitting in midfield because they were so deep. All our players were this side of Newcastle. So there was definite frustration, and that is why I was maybe a little bit sort of over the top with my sort of criticism of Luke Shaw at halftime and sort of maybe calling for Donny van der Beek or Juan Matter to come on. But in terms of not finding a way through, what you, the positives you can take from that is we're extremely patient because Newcastle did extremely well, as I said, both from defending point of view but also taking the crowd out of the game, taking the sting out of the game. But mm. ultimately United were patient and ultimately sort of got the goal on half time. Um, fair play to United and Solskjaer for sticking with it because it did take patience. Sometimes you are going to get those games where it just doesn't work. The other team, again, which we always say, a team of 11 professional footballers um, are going to do their job well. They did their job extremely well for 45 minutes. Um, United punished them in the 46th. Yeah, that's a fair assessment of the game. Um, but I just... Look, we'll come into when we're talking about the lowlights. There is a player who I have to admit I am going to be highly critical of, and it is a different player to I know who well, you're in going a to different game. Well, well, in a different game, just my last one of that. In a different game, it might not be our strongest eleven. I'm just seeing a cup final tomorrow. That's our strongest eleven. Maybe against Newcastle at home. Yeah, maybe it's a different combination. Maybe it's yeah, Ronaldo drops Sancho. Maybe play Greenwood through the middle. Ronaldo on the left and someone else on the right. Maybe there's a different combination. But in terms of names on paper, in terms of the way we want to play in an ideal world, to me, that's our strongest 11. I think there are question marks over Jaden Sancho. Um, and, and let me ask you about him, Tom, because if I'm being honest, right, and I thought he looked better. I thought he looked better than what we've seen in his previous cameos. But still, for me, he just looks off the pace. Now, I don't know if that's a combination of him and Luke Shaw maybe don't have a great understanding of each other's game as yet. I don't know if it's adjusting to the pace of the Premier League. Like I said, I think he's looked better, but Sancho still just looks like he's on a different wavelength. Are you, are you seeing the same game or are you seeing it the same way I am? I just He just doesn't feel like he's really meshing well with the players around him at the moment. Yeah, look, that, that'll come. There's a natural sort of betting in period in terms of obviously getting to know the players. I think, and while not praised, I'm not saying he was fantastic, it was his best performance so far. And that's not to say much because he hasn't been great in the previous games, but this is definitely improvement. I thought he was intent; the intent was good. He was getting forward, um, just a, a different wavelength. And Ronaldo will change that. Ronaldo will change that. Was Greenwood that effective in terms of getting the ball into the box? Greenwood maybe struggled with that as well because Ronaldo's—they're not quite used to that type of striker. Ronaldo was dropping deep when they thought they can get the ball into Ronaldo, so it wasn't just Jadon Sancho struggled with that. 
But um, a bit with Sancho, maybe it's a fitness thing. Um, maybe it's a fitness thing. Some players do find it hard. We do think, okay, he's an English player, but he has been playing in England for a couple of years. He's obviously been playing in Germany. So um, while he wasn't great, I thought it was his, be- his best performance so far. And obviously that's a small pool to pick from. It's only been a couple of games. But um, yeah, he'll be far better off for it. Definitely agree there. All right, Tom. Well, we will come to the highlight of the match. Uh, I can only imagine whose name you're going to drop here. But before we do that, um, I just want to come to some comments. And, and a lot of the listeners here agreeing with our sentiments, I suppose, around Sancho. Um, can see Rob give Sancho time. He'll get better. Jordan Ashby. Sancho was good, still finding his feet. He will get better. Um, Adam saying Aaron Wambasaka killing it. Mate, i got to say, Wambasaka got time. But, yeah, still the crossing, just not quite there. There was one, actually. He did put a great cross in. Ronaldo gave him the thumbs up, but no one was there to collect it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens on the right-hand side there. Um, but we, I will come to some more of the other comments because I think that'll come up naturally. Tom, let's talk about the highlight of this match. Dare I say, is there anyone else you're going to mention besides CR7? Well, it's not only about the the football, the goals or the celebration or whatever. But it's just what we've been talking about the past, what well, feels about two weeks now. And ju- it's just the story. Um, I've just seen him back. I've seen him back in the warm-up. I've seen him walk out in the red shirt. It's, it's here in the crowd, the, the um, Viva Ronaldo song. Yes, the goals were great. The goals were important um, and all that. But it, it was just a story coming to it because, look, that photo which we sort of talked about earlier, the Jesse Lingard photo 18 years ago, um, when he sort of signed for United and then um, he was obviously an 18-year-old at the time as well. Now Jesse Lingard's scoring that, so you've got that story. But from 12 years ago, like every every single season, we all said, oh, he might come back, he might come back, and that dream faded every single season. And who would have thought a couple of weeks ago that Ronaldo would have been lining up centre-forward against Newcastle um, two weeks later after the international break? So the performance was good by Ronaldo. Um, we'll get in our 3-2-1s in a little bit. The goals were good. The, the occasion was good, but it was just the story for me. That story sort of coming full circle and finally seeing it happen, that's the only highlight to me. The result comes second almost. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. i got to say, I can't believe – and obviously I've been watching him for Juventus, but I think there's that element in the back of your head that says, will he still be able to do it in the Prem? I know that sounds ridiculous, and I didn't have any doubt that he would. But I think it was just one of those things you just want to see it happen. And the way he blew past it in the first half, that he did he did a, a step over and then he blew past the defender and he, he hits the outside of the net. But his goal, the second goal, the way he just left defenders in their way, he's still got that explosive pace, doesn't he? Over that good 5, 10 yard, he's still oh, no, got he the ability good. to just get past on there. And a bit of credit there. Look at all the credit. It does go down to Ronaldo and Luke Shaw there. But Jaden Sancho makes a good run. Jaden Sancho opens the right back up, gives yeah. Ronaldo a little bit more space. But what did you make of his performance, Larry? Because if you compare, I didn't watch the game, the Portugal um, Republic of Ireland game, but from all reports, it was a typical Ronaldo. He didn't touch the ball, but he touched the ball two times in the last two minutes to win them the game. And if you do look on the, the sort of the, the whole game against Newcastle, it was a little bit like that. He was a little bit quiet, didn't do much, but he, in the pivotal moments, he stepped up, and that's what you signed Ronaldo for. However, which we will get into our three two ones, but take away the goals, take away the occasion. What do you think of his performance? Because it was the type of game which is a bit hard for a strike when a team parks the bus. It's kind of hard for a striker to get involved, and he was sort of floating around. But I thought, besides the goals, he actually performed pretty well. I thought when he got the ball, he sort of tried to make things happen. He, probably not – he will be man of the match, but not man of the match in regards to performance. But he was quite close to it. I thought he was pretty dynamic as a striker. I agree with you 100%. Um, he's He had 30 touches in the first half, which is actually quite high for a striker. If you want to think back to Louis Van Howe, I can't remember who which player it was at the time, but I, rec- I think it was Rooney actually. 
He said, when you're a striker, I actually expect you to touch the ball. It was something like eight times in a game. He said, essentially, I just want you to score the goal, basically. Um, which What I liked from Ronaldo here, and not a criticism of Cavani or any other player who's played striker for us, but what I loved was he came so deep. There was at times he was right next to Pogba and Fernandez sitting in the midfield. And what I really liked is he goes looking for the ball when it's not coming to him. There was an occasion in the first half, if you can recall, he had a few nice touches and exchanges with Luke Shaw. It was breathtaking football, albeit for all of 10 seconds. But the way he's able to start linking up with those players, and I think once the players around him start getting used to him and the way he plays, just going to go to another level. And this has been the sort of game, Tom, I'm telling you, that would have been a draw last season, that game. 100%. Newcastle played well. Can we please give credit to Newcastle? They set up perfectly. And if that was anyone else at number nine, I don't think United win that football match. I don't even think from a positional sense or a football point of view, I think when that goal goes in for Newcastle and makes it one all, mm. we had Ronaldo on the pitch, we we're going to go win the game. If that was, and I cannot use Cavani in a bad way, but if that's Cavani or if that's Lukaku or if that's Falcao, who's another striker we've had in the past sort of thing, I don't think we're too confident. It's good, geez, we're going to have to be lucky to get a win here. Let's see what happens. They scored. We said, oh, Ronaldo will get another chance. Ronaldo should win this for us. And that's regardless of the football. That's just having his presence on the pitch. Not only his presence for Man United on the pitch, but the presence he gives Newcastle. And Newcastle going, geez, what are we going to do with him? We still have to deal with him. So it's great for us, but what it is, it's a weakness for the opposition, which is almost just as beneficial. Yeah, 100%. All right, Tom, time to get a little bit sour with things here on the podcast. What was your low light of the game? So not necessarily anyone being bad or awful, but something that you think, oh, gee, I wish we could improve that or do better in. Wayne for Alex Tellers to get fit because, yes, Luke Shaw has been the best fullback um, last year, especially at left back. He's been brilliant and fully deserving of all his praise. In the first half, I, I put in our group chat, I, I never like using the term disgrace in terms of discussing a football. I think it's thrown out there too much. And they're professional footballers. We're sitting on the couch. Who are we to sort of question them? But his effort levels in that first half were, it, it was bordering on a disgrace because Luke Shaw is one of the quickest in this team, regardless of the sort of banter that gets thrown about his weight and everything. He's one of the quickest in the team. Harry Maguire and Romanian Matic you'd put amongst the slowest in the team probably. If they were to have a 100-meter sprint, they're probably going to be down the bottom of the race. They were moving quicker with the ball, trying to get forward, carrying the ball, than Luke Shaw was running without the ball. And Luke Shaw was just killing Nemanja Matic, Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes in the middle. He just was not getting forward. Once Harry Maguire had the ball and ran past him, Jaden Sancho has busted along to get forward to create space for Luke Shaw. And Luke Shaw just hasn't taken it. Harry Maguire dribbled past Luke Shaw in the left-back position to sort of take the ball into that area of the pitch. And Luke Shaw was absolutely killing us in the first half. And then, albeit, the first time he breaks into a sprint in the second half, he does fantastic and sort of changes the game. So you have to give him full credit. But in terms of my low light... Look, we did concede a goal, could do a little bit better. I'd have to rewatch that. Um, but to be honest, I haven't been rewatching that. I've just been watching the Ronaldo goals. But um, for me, the low light, maybe Luke Shaw's um, first half performance. But as I said, he did put it right. So fair play to him. His work rate to start the season for me has really dipped off. He's, it just doesn't seem like I, I almost, I don't want to, you know, I, I obviously I don't know. I'm not in training with him every day. But I feel like his work rate has almost dropped off a little bit almost a sense of complacency with Tellez being out injured. There's no natural com- competitor for that position. So I think you're right. And now whether once Tellez is fully fit, 
maybe we'll see an uplift from Luke Shaw again, just knowing there is someone nipping at his heels, or the, the game, like a cup match, should Tellez get an opportunity. If the Brazilian plays well, then suddenly we're having a debate, oh, should he get an opportunity? And you look at the way Ronaldo plays and the lack of crossing that was coming in yesterday, I just wonder, would someone like Tellez really lift what these attacking players can do? So it's a really good point. My low light is actually Harry Maguire. I think he's been really poor, Tom. And if you look at the goal we conceded, um, I'm not going to blame Varane because I thought Varane actually did well to hold St. Maximan off. But they just simply got torn to shreds. And I don't know, they were showing the replay at the time. So if someone can please correct me. But it looked to me as if Harry Maguire was just completely out of position, well up the pitch. And then he's, um, I think it was Almiron, just split them right apart. Look, there was a, it, was a, it was a shambles, that goal. And again, I've been watching the Bruno and the Ronaldo goals. I haven't sort of focused on that goal. But it was a case of Luke Shaw got drawn in with his man, which then that changed Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire. Then when Harry Maguire missed the tackle, then Almiron's passed. And look, as I said, Newcastle, they had some good players on the break. They, they made it count. So fair play to him. Just the thing on Maguire, I don't think he's been poor this season, but I think what it is, and this is a positive, we picture Harry Maguire because he's our captain. Okay, he's the number one name on the team sheet. It'll be Varane or Lindelof, most likely Varane with him because Harry Maguire has been our best central defender. But what's this happened? And it's quietly happened. We haven't really discussed it. I think everyone's noticed it, but it's not really sort of something discussed. It's amazing how much better Rafael Varane is than Maguire. Rafael Varane is a club, which we all knew this. But it's when you see him next to Maguire, you think, oh, my God, yeah, Varane is probably the best in the world, if not second best in the world. That's how good he is. That's not a criticism of Maguire, but maybe that is sort of highlighting now, well, okay, is it a question now instead of Varane and Lindelof, is it a question between Maguire and Lindelof? Now, in my opinion, Maguire wins that hands down, but it's a definite debate. I don't think Maguire has been poor, but Varane has just sort of outshone him. So there is a debate. If Maguire does sort of maybe make one or two more mistakes, um, it's a hard situation because he is the captain. So do you, can you take the captain out of the team? It is a tricky one for the manager. But in regards to performances, it is now a shootout, which I think Maguire is still leading the race, but would be a shootout between Maguire and Lindelof. I like the prospect of a Lindelof-Varane partnership. I'm just saying, obviously, Lindelof has his limitations as well. But I recall when we first signed Varane, I think you can put either of those two, those two being Maguire and Lindelof, next to Varane, I think you got a premiership-winning defence. I tell you, with Varane with- and Maguire, though, with Varane and Maguire, we've looked a hell of a lot more um, stable from set pieces. We don't look like conceding. We're winning everything in the air when it comes in. That is true. That is true. But Maguire, just, he needs to fix his position play. He's just out of position far too much for the captain, okay? Now, I know Varane's probably, of course, Varane's a natural-born leader, and he's probably telling Maguire where to be, right? We, these are things that we just can't see, nor we have the luxury of um, the luxury of viewing. But I think if, if he keeps this level of performance, Maguire, his position will come under threat. There are good enough players in this squad now with the likes of Lindelof, and heck, even Eric Bailly, when he's not doing bicycle kicks in his own box, has the ability to push Maguire aside. So he will need to step up in the coming weeks. In saying that, he did start last season slow, the captain. So we'll give Slabed a little bit more time. Before we go to three, two, ones, I will bring it back to the comments, see what everyone is saying. we got George McTominay shoo-in when he comes back. That's a good point. I forgot McTominay plays for United. Um, Tom, just talking about this midfield, that this midfield debate we've been having, Obviously, we feel Matic is a natural when we're talking about in the six. Do you, could you see McTominay potentially coming into this strongest starting eleven? 
Again, I made the case at the start of the episode that this is our strongest 11, but it's a str- it's a strongest 11 in this type of game or that type of game. There'll be certain games where McTominay is better suited than Matic. There'll be certain games where Matic is better suited than McTominay. Um, I'm a huge fan of McTominay, um, and I'd love to see him start more games for United. However, it does come down to the point which we always make. Okay, in five years' time when we want to be dominating Europe and winning Champions Leagues and winning Premier Leagues, or maybe not in five years, this year or next year, when we want a team to do that, Scott McTominay is not playing 40 games a season. He's in Darren Fletcher. He's playing 10, 15 games a season. He's a perfect opportunity to just come in, play this game, play that game. Someone's injured, okay, I'll play five, six games, but not someone, not a starter. Now, I could see a future where he does develop into a starter, but at the moment, um, it's either Nemanja Matic in that role if we're playing a 4-3-3 or a a new signing, which obviously isn't going to happen at the moment. So, look, Scott McTominay is going to make us stronger when he comes back. It's only going to be a positive. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, unpopular opinion, Miguel Almiron was the best individual around performance. I don't think that's unpopular at all. I think that's probably spot on. I thought Almiron was phenomenal. He caused United a lot of headache, and he defended really well too. Um, Adam Cole last night. Sorry, Rob, I'm, I haven't been following the comments that level of detail. Um, Amad says he looks heavier in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you're talking about Sancho or me, but if you're talking about me, you're definitely right. I'm packing on the COVID kilos for sure. <clears throat> to hey, I'm not rushing the one-on-one poor setup. That's a really good point. Um, and I, I've been thinking about this. We will come to the three-two-ones, Tom, and people are saying De Gea in there. So um, I will come back to Adam's point there. Um, we got George. Um, we got a major issues with defending in the middle of the park. Zero work rate going back when losing the ball. Bruno tries his best. I think that might just be a setup of the system. Um, like you can't have it both ways, right? Like Tom, please do chime in here. But I think the way United are playing against the likes of Newcastle, who are playing such a low block, it is inevitable you are going to leave a bit of space in behind. I think it's easier to get exposed. Where when we're versing the likes of Chelsea or Manchester City, I don't think you'll see United get cut through as easily. I know it, it's the price you pay. It's like when you play a video video game and in whatever game it is of shooting game or a football game or a fighting game when you're creating a character and you've got the amount of points to sort of sort of disperse amongst your attributes you can put okay 10 points on speed five points on power sort of thing it's a price you pay whatever your strength is you're gonna have a weakness somewhere so we want these midfielders we want bruno fernandez putting a ball in the top corner from 25 yards out well sometimes they're going to run through your midfield occasionally that's the, the unfortunate that's the price you pay even the best teams in the world um, have their weaknesses. I think with our strengths in terms of our creativeness in midfield, the weakness is going to be sometime defensively. We're a little bit lacking. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Jordan Shaw had a shocker first half. No disagreements there, mate. Uh, <clears throat> Elliot Redwin, I thought Shaw was poor first half as well. What means we got smart people in the comments. I got Emad. Uh, when we call him Shaw Berto, we mean prime Roberto Carlos, not retired Roberto Carlos. Mm. Oh, poor look, Shaw. Uh, best David De Gea distribution for the third goal I've seen from Yeah, you know what? I I, I will come to De Gea when we go to the 3-2-1s, Rob, but his all-round game for me is improved. Uh, got Matthew in the comments. I think Shaw has more freedom going forward than when Pogba is on the left versus Sancho as he's more forward and wide the whole time. That's a good in point. Terms, in terms of number sixes, Petey, uh, used to play with Petey, if you're obviously listening because you commented, he's our number six. If we get a prime Matthew Petey back, um, he's the man United number six. We de- definitely do need. However, yeah, I might miss a few games through suspension. Did like a tackle, but um, in terms of create, sort of dominate the game and holding the ball, but also that defensive aspect, um, a prime PD, um, that would be good for United. So, Matthew, I hope you're well, mate. 
Nice one. Uh, and then we got George. Credit where credit's due. Nice counterattack from Newcastle. Maguire arguably got into a must-win duel, which he lost. But if we scored a goal like that, we'd be saying great counterattack. George, that's football. Football makes us hypocrites. But you know what? I'm a hypocrite. Deal with it. All right? <clears throat> and then finally, Jordan Varane was class last night. No disagreements there. All right, Tom. You know what time it is. The best time on the podcast, obviously. It's time for three, two, ones. And again, my computer is going nuts. I'm going to bring up the graphic. And forgive me, guys. I am a bit of an amateur here. There we go. There's the graphic. Three, two, ones. Get your three, two, ones in. We will try and get to as many as we can. Um, I'm just going to bring a few comments uh, through the different social media platforms. And then, Tom, I will bring it to you. So for, I'll just go through Facebook. Um, we got Yaz, Ronaldo, three, Pogba, two, Fernandez, one. Uh, we've got Emma. Uh, Ronaldo three, Matic two, wasn't happy he was starting but proved her wrong, and De Gea for one point. Uh, Rob's going to put his three two ones on YouTube, so Rob, when I'm come back to YouTube, I hope to see your three two ones in there. Uh, Elliot's uh, Redwin with Ronaldo three, Pogba two, De Gea one, um, and then we've got Ian, Ronaldo three points, Sir Alex Ferguson for two points. Are you saying Matic? Uh, not long after that, and then David De Gea, Varane or Pogba for one point. Ian, it's 3-2-1. There's three players. Sort your maths out. Um, <clears throat> all right, so I'm going to bring it to the YouTubers. Got a few comments in. Rob, you've been keeping us in suspense. Thank you for sharing. Ronaldo, three. Matic, two. Pogba, one. <clears throat> Elliot, Ronaldo, three. Pogba, two. De Gea, one. A lot of agreement here. Um, we've got Ryan mentioning around Sancho. Gave us glimpses of what he can do, but he's not getting 3 2 ones from me, mate. Um, Emad, three for Ronaldo, two for Pogba, one for Matic. That's an interesting one. Elliot Johnson, three for Ronaldo, two for Bruno, one for Matic. Cameron, three Ronaldo, two Pogba, one Bruno. Tom, who got the three points? Like, is there, is there any debate? Well, he's the any only one. Debate. I think the debate is amongst two points and one point. I think, again, I thought his performance, Ronaldo, his performance was good, but yeah, match winner, the, the two goals, uh, the story, I think it, in terms of the way we do three two ones, he even mentioned how nervous he was before kickoff, and he's one player who can deal with that. But he is still human. He's still, or as, as much as he sort of is makes he you believe, he, he's is, still is, human. Is he though. human though? So, um, he, but he deals with that pressure. He's one player who does welcome that. But even if you even if you do welcome that pressure, there was still an, an enormous amount of pressure on him to, um, last night. So he dealt with that well. Um, he lived up to the hype. He pretty much won us the game. And in terms, that's what we bought him for. When it's a close game, can he sort of come up with those big moments, which he did? So, um, look, it's not a debate for three points. He obviously gets that for the two points. In yeah, in regard, look, there's a big obviously we haven't even touched on the goal from Bruno Fernandez, and it's obviously a very good goal by Jesse Lingard as well. But in terms of football and performance, take away the goals, which obviously you can't do in football, and it's stupid too. But if just look at the performance. I think I agree with a lot of people. For me, Nemanja Matic, I thought was. Pretty, pretty pivotal. I, I thought he kept things ticking over because when we got the ball into Bruno or Pogba or Ronaldo or Sancho, it was a tight space. So we're losing the ball and it was coming back and it was up to Nemanja Matic all the time to re sort of almost restart that attack. And um, he, look, he wasn't great. It wasn't vintage Matic. But um, in terms of the way the game, pan the game played out, for me, he'd be getting two points. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm, I'm leaning towards Bruno, to be honest. And, and the only reason I say that is because I thought Bruno created a lot um, they, they had the early opportunity in the first half where he chipped over for Ronaldo and it was mistimed. The the ambitious effort where he saw the keeper off the line, the scenes, if that went in, 
I just thought Bruno's overall game was a lot better. I thought he was not as reckless with his possession. And he looked our most creative outlet, if anything was going to come off. And bloody hell, he scored the he scored the goal of the season in match day four. So for me, look, I'm putting an argument for Bruno Fernandes. But in saying that, I can see what you're saying. Without Matic, do United have the defensive discipline to, I suppose, only concede the one goal? And that's a really valid point on Matic. Well, I, don't know, I, I think I think Pogba would be hard done by not to get a point. But in terms of your point regarding Bruno, um, it would be... Yeah, I think he might be hard, more hard done by not to get a point, but I'd have to throw Matic in there. So I'll, I'll be happy to throw to you or to the listeners um, in terms of um, 50-50 flip of a coin between Bruno and Matic. Um, someone right. two, someone three. Tell you what, let's source the comments. I'm seeing a lot of Fernandez. I'm seeing a lot of Bruno. There is some Matic in there. Definitely can't disagree with you there. Look, I think it's split. All right, Tom, let me put it to you this way then, all right? If Nemanja Matic plays, United don't lose the game. But if Bruno Fernandes doesn't play, does United win the game? That's my question. Well, it's a good point. And regardless, that I almost trumped trump that point with the goal. It's an unbelievable goal. Um, it's maybe worthy of a, maybe an extra point or two. So for me, I may be happy this week to take Bruno for two points. That's the way. I like it. Bruno gets the two. All right. One point's interesting. Um, a few comments in there around De Gea. We've obviously touched on Matic. Like you said, it'd almost be... It'd Did have you know Paul Pogba got two assists yesterday? Yeah, that, that is one. What about... We haven't discussed <laughs> with Paul Pogba. Okay, we'll get into the assists. See that yellow card he got? He got a yellow card for a fantastic bit of skill. That was, yeah. That, that has to be overturned. I know it's probably not legal for him to overturn it. That was a shocking decision by the referee. How he got a yellow card for doing a just a simple roulette was just criminal. I think... I, I'm not saying it was the right call. He he stepped on Longstaff. Oh, I know, I know, he stepped on him, but that's his fault. That's a Newcastle guy's fault. Paul Pogba was just dribbling the ball. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you there. But that yellow card, I guarantee you, that yellow card will come back to bite us when that's, he's going. No, that's what I mean. That's why it should yeah. be overturned. Um, which it won't be. I'm, I'm sure, I think there's rules in the yellow cards can't be. But um, yeah, it definitely should be because yeah. Well, what's the bet he does pick up his suspension the week before we're away at Liverpool or away at Chelsea? Yeah, 100%. So, look, Tom, um, look, you nearly convinced me with the two points for Matic. So, are, are we agreeing Matic for the one point? There's no debate there for us, I think. To be honest, I'm just worried about the three points. I just want to write down Ronaldo three points in the phone. That's all I want to do. Yeah, mm. two points of Bruno, one for Matic. That'll do for this week. Does Ronaldo, so, Ronaldo plays for Manchester United. That is right. Yeah, I have to put a new name in the 3-2-1 votes now. Oh, mate, exciting stuff. Can I ask you, do you think he... We're just going to freelancer now. I think we've gotten the football out of the way. How likely is Ronaldo to finish top goal scorer in the Premier League? Because I'm telling you, I'd be putting money on that. I think he's a shoe in Oh, no, it'd be worthy. But me, in my opinion, I think you might sort of... You talk, you talk about Premier League or um, all competitions. I think all competitions are good, not a target for me, but my expect not expectation, but I think you may maybe get 30 goals all competitions. Whether that's enough for his Premier League tally to be the top Premier League goal scorer, time will tell. There's obviously Romelu Lukaku, he's, he's sort of start of the season. Well, Harry Kane will obviously be there. Mo Salah will obviously be there. So um, it'll be some hell of it. It'll be a hell of an achievement for him to get that. Me personally, don't think he will, but that he could still be player of the season and drive us to a Champions League or a Premier League title and not be the Premier League top goal scorer. Um, he still has the sort of ability to, ability to do that. But um, you do look at it two goals so far. And he, when he's on the pitch, United will look for him. And when, if a team is looking to get the ball to Ronaldo, Ronaldo will score. So um, the more games we have at home to teams like Newcastle, which 
look, we do have some big games in the Premier League, but quite often a lot of the games are like that, at home to Burnley or at home to Southampton or at home to West Ham sort of thing. I know West Ham are near the top of the table, but those type of teams, Ronaldo will get chances, and if he gets chances, it's not a guarantee, but it's pretty much a guarantee that he will score goals. For sure. Can I come to this comment from George? He won't play that many league games. Are you mad? He's going to play every league game. Uh, see, I've had the same thinking of George, but yeah, that, then I just come around to the fact, and you, you hear experts talk, you hear ex-teammates talk, you hear sort of managers talk. Yeah, he'll play. Look, look, I do have the the idea in my head that he shouldn't, that Solskjaer should manage him, and I agree with that point of view, but it just won't. If he's fit, he will play. Obviously, in a League Cup game or a, a sort of a nothing Premier League game, if we're five nil up, he'll come off or a, an FA Cup game away at Reading. I'm sure we'll get Reading in the third round of the FA Cup. We always do. I'm sure a game like that, he probably won't play. But, um, yeah, I do have a feeling he will be playing a lot more than sort of we do think and maybe even more than he should. Um, it will be interesting to see how Solskjaer does manage him. I know it was sort of tongue-in-cheek, that interview Ronaldo did with Wes Brown on the pitch, saying, I want to put pressure on Solskjaer to start me. It was a good joke, but th- there is something in that. Um, it will be interesting how Ronaldo and Solskjaer, how that dynamic does work because one is the manager, one is the player. But, um, yeah, Ronaldo is a little bit more than a player, I think. What I don't think has been made enough of, this is really going to be a test of Solskjaer's man management. He's obviously got a lot of attacking options. That's one thing. But how he handles Ronaldo's ego is going to be another thing. He's an elite footballer, and you know, and he's well within his rights to say, I want to play every football match, and I respect him for that. But you have Edison Cavani there. You've got Mason Greenwood. Rashford hasn't played a game yet, and he's still to come back. Sancho, Martial came on in the 85th minute yesterday. So there's a lot of players wanting to play those attacking positions. So he's got to manage Ronaldo. Well, like I would imagine we've got the League Cup game against West Ham. We're versing West Ham twice in a short period of time. If Ronaldo starts that game, I'd be having an issue with that. Oh, no, he, he won't start the League Cup game against West Ham. I think I'll, I'll be very happy to put money on that. I, I can't see a situation where that happens, but um, that is where Solskjaer is going to have to make not even the hard decision, just the right decision. Um, and if Solskjaer can't make that, I'm definitely, this isn't a Solskjaer in or Solskjaer out debate, but if Solskjaer can't make that decision, um, that's when I'm going to have more serious questions about Solskjaer because he does have to show he's the manager. And um, maybe it's the case, even look, it's a stupid thing, but even when Ronaldo is having a bad game, we always say, okay, he's the one you can't take off. But sometimes maybe the better for the team, Sir Alex Ferguson will take him off occasionally. Sometimes there will be a decision where Solskjaer has to make um, where the team is better off without Ronaldo. It, it might be once a season, twice a season. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson oh, did it and it worked. Mate. I don't think it'll happen, though. Oh, yeah, no, no, it, it, that's okay. That's a, that's a different argument. I, I just think sometimes the right decision will be there and it'll be interesting if Solskjaer takes the easy route or the hard one. Oh, it is going to be an intriguing season for sure. But I think that is a good place to leave it. Look, thanks to everyone who's tuned in. Lots of comments, lots of involvement. We love it. Thank you so much. Um, Tom, you're still on the – how many beers have you had in the last 24 hours? Not too many. It's empty now. It's empty now. Can I give you a number? Yeah. I don't know. There's a six-pack. That might be my last one. Five or six, but that was last night as well. So um, wasn't just on the water like you watching Ronaldo. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity for me. I made, I made the most of it. Yeah, no, nah, fair enough. Cheers for everyone for tuning in again. If you like that Ronaldo's back, like the video. Cheers for tuning in. Cheers for getting involved. And we are gonna. This one's gonna be on a podcast as well. Um, I know we've transitioned to YouTube, but I just thought to let everyone know we are still on Spotify, 
still on your podcast app. So if you don't like looking at Tom or myself, fair enough. I don't blame you. You know what, Tom? Can I make a pact with you? I'm going to lose all this COVID kilo by the time we get back to the pub. I don't know when that'll be, but by the time let's let's talk about the Christmas congestion. Well, we'll just I just move to the eastern suburbs. Eastern suburbs, they're out of lockdown. There's thousands at the beach today, so um, we'll just oh. go, we'll go to the pub next week. Yeah, well, you know. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about politics on here. They'll shut us down, mate. They're controlling everything else. But yeah, cheers for tuning in. We'll catch you during the week, I'm sure. Tom, pleasure as always, mate. Always, mate. Viva Ronaldo. All right, Viva Ronaldo. Cheers. Bye.